ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Good evening, all you junkies out there, and good morning to you international junkies. I was looking at the download numbers, and I could not believe how many international listeners, watchers we have, and uh, that is absolutely freaking cool. So, uh, hey, shout out to the international peeps. Uh, Tonight, episode 86, got my man Andrew Hall FF. What's going on, Andrew? Oh, any, any night we're talking football, Scott, you and me, it's a good time. I'm happy to be here. Beautiful thing. And uh, we have, as I'm sure you've seen now, we have the man himself from CBS, Heath Cummings. He is uh, at Heath Cummings SR on Instagram. But more importantly, he is at Heath's Meet on on Instagram. Sorry, at Heath Cummings on Twitter, at Heath's Meet on Instagram. And uh, that is an incredible handle. Um, You could take that. I mean, it just works on so many levels. And uh, Heath, we're so honored that you're giving us some time tonight. First time my introduction has ever included handling my meat, but <laughs> I like it. Um, no, and that's kind of the purpose, obviously, is that um, it's really fun when you have people over and you you grill or you, or you smoke something. And then, like, I don't have a lot of guy friends that are really active on Instagram, but it's funny when their wives, like, talk about how much they enjoyed coming over for dinner at Heat's Meat. Um <laughs> Well, buddy. In all seriousness, uh, no, that's that's <laughs> probably it. my favorite hobby, other than fantasy football, is uh, is standing by the grill, smoking meat, drinking beer, okay. and um, okay. yeah. So, okay, what's your what's your one hundred and one of uh, of meat uh, currently? I know it's going to change, right? Just like just like well, Dynasty, but yeah, it depends on how deep the league is. Okay, because okay. in a deeper league, I would definitely answer. say okay. it's. It's pulled pork because oh, yeah. I, the pulled pork's never bad. Um, right. I I don't like. I had my thermometer busted for a while. I didn't have a thermometer. I could just do a pulled pork on feel, and it's going to be fantastic. Do two pulled porks, four pulled porks doesn't matter. Good point. Um, Good point. But it doesn't have near as much upside as the brisket, in particular the burnt end, um, oh. which is slicing off the point and then chopping it up and then yeah. cooking it again. Glorious, but. There's there's some downside with I mean you might buy a hundred dollar slab of meat and it's tough, yeah. So there's there's yep. some downside with that. So it depends. In a shallow league, I would definitely take burnt ends, but uh, in a deeper league, it's pulled pork. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great answer. No, I mean, see, he's he's bringing it already, and uh, man, this is a proud night for the uh, DAP Network, of course. Um, well. On on that note, uh, yeah. let's let's get let's get right into it here. We're we're bringing the heat, we're bringing the meat, and you know we've got a little <laughs> bit of everything tonight. 
Um, so Heath, I want to ask you a question. This is something we always talk about. And we had the amazing Matt Waldman on last week and he gave the correct answer. So we're going to test you and, and see if you do as well here. But are you are you a data guy or a film guy? First off, I don't think core? I'm not sure if you understand how much pressure you've just put me under because <laughs> oh, I, I, do. I, do. I started at football guys. Yeah. Yep. And my like my mentors slash idols in fantasy football and in life during that period of time with Matt Waldman and Sigmund Bloom. Um, yep. <laughs> there's an enormous amount of wisdom to be gleaned from those two in, in all sorts of things. So I I hope I don't say the, the wrong answer, but my answer has always been both. And I don't understand why you guys are such jerks to each other. Thank you. Um, <laughs> like why would we think that we could completely do it on a spreadsheet and why would we think that math is bad That's so right. yeah i think they're yeah. both very very helpful if i had to lean one direction i might lean slightly towards analytics but i okay. that's not to say anything negative about the other of course yeah no that that's perfect it, it just kind of gives us a little bit of an idea of you know where you come from and what you're looking at right and so and, and i would also say that because like in my current situation at CBS, I don't during the football season, I don't watch college football because if right. I did, I wouldn't have a wife you, right. or kids who and, live in my house. Yeah. Um, I watch more college football in February and March, but what I do more than anything is I lean on Matt Waldman. Um, what this, what he puts out <laughs> each year for the draft class is an enormous help. To, it makes the entire industry smarter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Without a doubt. Yeah, the RSP is is absolutely incredible. Uh, I found Something. it like three years ago and it's, I don't know, it's not, you know, I don't know if I could say it's life changing, but it's, it's for me, it is because my, my life revolves around this. So yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. Well I was going to say something I didn't get to tell Matt last week, but I feel like I should have, is that I have been late for three meetings for work because I've been watching or following his threads. Like he puts the thread <laughs> up about something and I'll just get like engrossed in it. And then I get a call from my boss. I'm like, Oh crap. I'm 10 minutes late. To that. Like, Oh my God. It's happened three separate times all last season. And I'm Perfect. telling you, he just, the way he writes, the way he engages, it's like, I, I just digest that so well. So I'm right there with you, Heath. I listen to the smart people. That's what makes me smarter, for sure. Well, there's another area right there with me, because I don't know if I'm the only one, but since the whole work from home thing and all the Zoom meetings started, I didn't used to miss meetings when we were in the same. office and we were all going to the same room. Now, when I'm supposed to remember to be looking at my camera at the right time, no chance. Like, just <laughs> regularly not there, maybe not even at my house. <laughs> I'm not doing the thing that you're wanting me to do at this time. Yep. Yep. Uh, that makes total uh, sense. We actually had a guy in one of our meetings this past week who was at the emissions check for his car. He's like, sorry, I, I'm getting my car emissions checked. And we're just yeah. like, all right, you got to yeah. do what you got to do. So yeah, yeah no, right. life is life is a weird thing sometimes. I will it. neither confirm nor deny the fact that I checked into a recent meeting from a total wine. Um, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun meeting. Hey, Put it like on you, you got to do go. what you got to do, right? I mean, That's right. <laughs> Uh, so we've got the underwear Olympics going on. Uh, I think they're currently still going right now. I was just watching the wide receivers a little bit ago. Um, you know, the big thing right now is the hand size and all that. Oh God, oh. his hands are so small. Um, right. you know, it just, everyone knows what that means, you know, small gloves. I mean, you know, and so <laughs> that's, 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 that's where we're I used that. that joke a lot in high school but, because I had size 15 shoes when I was in ninth grade. <laughs> Um, so there's a lot of big sock jokes. Are you tall, um, Heath? You look, you seem tall. 
I am tall compared to the general population. Um, okay. I played basketball and I coached basketball. And so I was never really tall in that regard. But you're um, tall in spirit. Six, six two. Yeah. See, so, nobody knows. Nobody knows this about me because right. we're just on our little podcast here and you can't right. tell. But then I stand up and you're like looking at my shins because I'm six five. So people don't. And see, uh, people like you that. really kind of kind of grind my gears because I spend yeah, no, my we, whole I life. <laughs> looking down upon the world all the normal people are smaller than me and then every once in a while i run into somebody i'm like what i have to look up at this jerk <laughs> like squat or something listen i never felt that way until i was six feet from yao ming yep. and it completely ruined me i mm. i mean i now feel like complete i just I'm not. I, I don't. I'm I don't know special. how to explain it. I don't know how to explain it. It was well, very strange anymore. experience. Yeah. But, Welcome. Yeah. To the rest of us. I'm five eleven. So yeah, we're. I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. Perfectly. Well, normal. so that's how you guys feel. I get it. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's exactly. It's how we feel all the time around you. You jerk. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so Heath, is is the combine? Is there anything you take away from it, or do you just think you know what? It's we see these guys on film. We have. You know, maybe we're getting some of their numbers. Some numbers are coming in as far as like actual height and weight. That's kind of helpful as far as figuring out, you know, who these guys are, what roles they might fit. Um, but is, is there anything you really take away that's going to help you from a fantasy aspect? You know, I think especially now in the era where everybody's doing, I'll do three of the tests. I'll do four of the tests. I'm right. only doing two of the tests. Not really. Um, when you got the whole picture, like if you had two guys that did all the testing and, and had legit spark scores and you could compare apples to apples, then I kind of like that. I, I will sure. maybe use it as a tiebreaker or something, but like I said, when we were, before we were on air, like the, the thing that I've been thinking about, because apparently all the wide receivers today ran in the four twos, um, <laughs> is that good? Like, is there a point where you're too fast? Because I can't remember any wide receivers who ran that fast who were good. Yeah. And I'm sure there's no. one that I'm not thinking of. But all the really fast guys have mostly not been good. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, John Ross comes to mind and some other guys like that. But also, I mean, some of those skill sets were just speed. They didn't have the route running. They didn't mm -hmm. have, you know, those other things. So, um, but yeah, I, I generally agree with you. Um, I think it is nice to get some of the stats and some of that information, but really more, I'm just like, I, I think I'd enjoy it more in person, just kind of looking at these guys. I, you know, I'll never forget when I first saw Calvin Johnson in person. And again, here's that experience for me as, you know, I'm six, five, I've grown up as an athlete, you know, I've, I've been around, you know, guys like not necessarily NFL caliber, but you know, athletes, people, and you know, then you just see Calvin Johnson and you just go, wow. I mean, how is this guy not going to be, I, you know, I mean, if he can only do two things, he's still going to have some role. Right. And right. so sometimes it's just like being more in person or seeing that you get a little bit of that on TV. Right. Um, there was one guy that jumped out to me today, a wide receiver. He's wearing number 15. I actually don't even know who it is. I, I didn't have time to watch and see who it was, but it was a wide receiver wearing number 15. He kind of stuck out to me in just doing those, it was quarterback drills. It wasn't even wide receiver drills, but I saw him and I was like, Hmm, who's that guy? You know? And so maybe I'll just keep that mental note. It's just something small. Just look out for number 15, um, but you know, um, yeah. 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 Um, you get to the fourth round of your rookie draft and you're like, oh, I right. don't really like any of these guys. Give me number 15. 
Uh, exactly. <laughs> oh, you can't change that number. You're always 15. Exactly. No, but I do think like as someone who produces content, it's helpful because it's some nice filler for the article. So and so who ran a four two six, you know, did right. fifteen reps on the bench press. It's it's nice filler. Yeah. Hey, Justin well, Ross, let's go, baby. That's true. Well, I was actually looking this up too to answer your question. Tyreek Hill ran a four two nine. Apparently, there we go. I mean, like that's yeah, but I mean, he wasn't at the combine. Bad. No, that's not what we're talking about. Oh, so that's only a 4-3-3. Yeah, it's an unofficial. Anything that happens There are some fast guys in the NFL. Maybe, you know, maybe he's the only one that worked. I don't know. I don't remember the kid's name. This is kind of probably embarrassing for me, but the Baylor kid who ran the 4 one today. Have they confirmed that that is a record yet? Because I couldn't figure it out. It was like 20 minutes later, it's on Twitter. And it's like, he ran a timed 4 one not official yet. Yeah, Taekwon Thornton. Yeah, what how is happens? it not official? They ran it. It's done. What? Like, <sighs> I don't. Is there? Are they gonna like use the the tape to check? I th- well, I think they go back and they make sure that the clocks are right. I think that they go back after all of them are done and make sure that they're accurate before they call them official. But I don't. I don't remember a time where any of them changed. I guess if that makes any sense. Like I don't remember there being a controversy. Like, oh, so and so is now 0.3 seconds slower. Everybody is. Like if it's one, it's all of them. You know what I mean? Like the clocks just have to be off. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how this whole thing works anyway. It's all kind of made up. To me, this whole combine feels kind of imaginary, right? Like, well, who really cares anyway? I mean, in fairness, we're doing a podcast about a game that we made up on the internet yep. based on another game that somebody <laughs> true, else made up. For adults yep. And the combine is a game within a game of its own, right? <laughs> so we're talking about a game within a game about another game within that same other game, right? It's all made up. I completely agree. <laughs> fantastic and it's the fantasy hey it's it's already in the name we don't have to defend it right right that's right um okay well dragons for football people that's right that's that's enough about the combine for me honestly because literally the other 30 podcasts i listen to are going to be talking about it so not like i listen to myself so i guess it doesn't really matter but for the listeners we love you and we're not gonna everybody's talking about rookies so just listen to all of our other dap network friends and you can you can get all that but i want to talk about startups Let's talk about startups, not only because it's startup season, but also because this is where we're getting some of our strongest value right now for trade scenarios. Um, there's been a lot of great conversations that have come up. Uh, Andrew and Rocky and I have been talking all day about trades because of, you know, scenarios we think could happen with teams and free agents and draft picks and um you know, what's going to happen with these guys. And and then we look at startups and we say, well, where did they go in the startup? And how does that relate to their value when I'm trying to make these trades in my leagues that already exist? Right. Um, so Andrew, I know you're doing, you're in the middle right now of a C2C startup. Is that correct? You did the college one first. And, correct. And now you're doing the NFL one. Is that correct? Yeah, and, and I want to say this so that it's on podcast po- for posterity reasons. This is my first ever C2C campus to Canton, you know, for all those that may not be familiar. It's the deepest Debbie thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, before this, I had, you know, the deepest Debbie league I was in, I think I had two Debbie spots. And I, I think it, it was okay, but it wasn't that intimidating. This one was a 35 round college football draft where I'm literally drafting players like on Madden. I'm like, I've never heard that name before. Like, let's right. see what that guy can do. And I'm, I'm literally just trying to make sure that they exist in reality before I type the name <laughs> on the sheet. Like, I don't even like 
like Herkel McCringleberry, you know what I mean? Like it just, it reminded me all of that, but I, I did enjoy that because it made me do a whole different batch of research that I've never done before. Oh yeah. It's like I'm, Googling five-star recruit 2027 or something right. like, you know, and you're like kids right? that their yeah. parents are posting on Facebook. You know what I mean? Like that's the guy, <laughs> like that's who I'm going with. Like, I don't know. Like I got nothing. So the college part was interesting. After the first two rounds, I, st- I didn't know anyone, but so, I am in the NFL side now, which is a lot more familiar. So when you do that, um, and I've, I've not done a full, I mean, I know I'm very familiar with it, but I've not done one. Are you people eligible for the NFL draft right now? Are they in the college side or the NFL side? NFL side. NFL. Yeah. So the way okay. that this one is done through the the guys at the Debbie Royale, shout out the Debbie Royale guys. They're, they're doing a different kind of campus to can. What they're doing is it's a power five on the college side and it's best ball. So that you don't need to set a lineup on the college side. There's a whole bunch of weird stuff that happens on Saturdays. Like we were talking earlier, awesome. we all have lives, you know, like That's it's tough to watch a lot of college. So that way it's best ball power five. So you're not getting too deep. You're not finding the Jackson state guy, you know what I mean? Like, that's going to be in the supplemental draft that happens, you know, every year that we have with our rookie draft in theory. So it's, it's the, instead of a rookie draft. But yeah, so we're in the NFL side, which is a lot more familiar. But anyone that's declared for the draft is in that NFL draft. And so, again, this is and also the first time I've done a startup before the NFL draft um, with Whoa. actual yeah. players, I should say. Uh-oh. I've done it with rookies before, rookie right. picks, right? Or you've done an NFL draft and it's a snake and then the rookie draft is the reverse or, you know. Things like that. I've never done one where there are actual player names available to draft. So it's a whole bunch of new experiences. And I'm like, you know what? I love the WRL guys. Like, I like learning more about college players. So, yeah, let's give it a try. But it is interesting. Let's just put it that way. There's a lot of names that I did not expect to already go. Let's put it that way. Where they're, yeah. When there are names, the values change drastically. Let's put it that way. Yes, it, that's, ex- that's exactly a point that I wanted to make was everything changes when you change that pick number to a name, because we actually broke down your league. Um, on I the, can't uh, wait to hear that. Actually. I haven't listened yeah, to P2W network, uh, John McLean and Kyle Center and I uh, broke down like the first eight rounds or so. And we actually went, we didn't mean to really go through pick by pick and talk for as long as we did, but it was just so fascinating as to how you guys did it. And knowing that you did the college side first, Whereas the C2C I did, we did the NFL side first yeah. and then college. And so, again, that's going to change strategy, too, because exactly. you kind of know what your college guys are and who's coming up and where your strengths might be, you know, and then you can maybe base your NFL off of that. Whereas we did NFL first and then we figured out college and we're like, you know, again, 45 rounds. I have no idea who these guys are and how yeah. do I even figure out who's going to be good or not? I just didn't worry about it. Um but well, Heath, are you in any Debbie leagues at all from not necessarily a C2C, but have you done a Debbie startup? Are you in any Debbie leagues where you have experience with trying to figure out these Debbie guys way before they, any of the I've dynasty not. players know them? The closest thing I've done is, you know, John Bosch puts on the eliminators every yes. year. And I, I do as many of those as I can through my name. Oh, yeah. And at the end, I always like to try to throw my name in a few that are somebody else's. And yeah. I did one of the uh, college eliminators last year. Okay. Um, think I, which was a, a weird, hey. You That's know right. What? League winner, hey. baby. There we go. Oh, League winner, baby. Cute. That there is we go. Cute. That's right. Wow. Represent. Um, that's amazing that I had that right there. I'm glad. <laughs> Same. I know. Otherwise. I haven't put it on my wall yet. It's awesome. Uh, but no, yeah. I've not done the full on, like I, the Debbie, but it sounds absolutely awesome. <sighs> yeah. It's, it's, it's and different. Terrifying. It's, it's very different. It's very different. Well, so the startup is interesting because it's all potential, right? Like, it, you know what I mean? Like, it's just who, who do I think is going to be good in two, three, four years, right? Like, I, nobody knows. 
right? Mm-hmm. So it's literally like it's just all upside, right? It's just like a you know, like just who do I think is a name that could be cool in the NFL at this point? You know, I, like I don't I would know. Assume like, it's just you're going by almost by recruiting rankings too. Yeah, and like twenty four seven sports has a lot of that right. where you know it kind of yeah. ranks them out and you can get a grade and it tell you know shows you other th- which is nice, I guess. But at the same time that's just one guy's opinion anyway. Like that's the, you know, that's Earl who saw the guy run in Alabama and it's the 38th best running back in Alabama. Like who knows how accurate that is. And then in three years, who knows if he's even going to have legs left to run in the NFL. Like, you know, there's a whole bunch of risk in college. So right. it's just, you know, so yeah, it's interesting. I do love it though. I'm, I'm, I'm gotta be honest. Like it's interesting drafting that way. And with, with actually what, what you're saying, Scott, the, the strategy I went in with the college side was I wanted, it's a super flex on both sides. So I wanted to get a good quarterback, at least in the early rounds, and then a good running back or two, because I tend to do dynasty where the rookie picks are more running back heavy. If I had to pick, I'd rather than be running backs because they tend to land and, and produce right away. Right. With receivers and tight ends, you kind of, you know, you might have to wait a couple years. You might get, you know, your Andy Isabella, your Nikhil Harry, where they're huge draft capital, but they just don't do anything. That rarely happens with running backs. I'm not going to say it doesn't happen, Trey Sermon, but it definitely happens less often, right? Where it's like, I feel like running backs can be a little more reliable. So I wanted to draft some running backs early in my college side. And then in the NFL side, I got Dalvin Cook as like my my RB1. And I'm like, I like that I got the young running backs on my college side. So I could kind of go a little older with my RB1 in the NFL. So again, to what you were saying, Scott, it kind of played perfectly where you know, my, my strategy going in kind of held true, but I also got lucky. So I don't know if I want to call it entirely genius, but I'm okay I, with it. I just want to go back and thank you for saying Andy Isabella and Nikhil Harry and not saying Hakeem Butler because oh, I so still many. have <sighs> tremors when I hear Hakeem Butler. But there's uh, Campbell, anyone? Yep. I mean, like, there's so many names that were like supposed to be amazing. But, like, Ooh. bringing it back to this year. Like it does feel like there's three running backs that are probably going to land in pretty good spots, and we're going to like them a lot. And then there's like 17 wide receivers that probably need yep. to go next. But then three um, of them will be good. And exactly. so which three? And wh- right. and which, like, which three do yeah. we pick? I don't right. know. Like, and then we'll right. see if Jalen goes top 10. And if he does, then we can take him in the first round too. But besides exactly. that, it's going to be draft capital is going to matter a lot. Yeah, yes. that's right. Landing that's right. spots, of course, but draft capital too, right? Yeah, I agree. I was yeah. going, to, I was thinking about reaching for Kenny Pickett, but then I couldn't grab a hold of him with the tiny hands. So humble that pick. Um, Andrew, are you able to pull up that? Are you able to share that a little bit? That startup? Um, oh, the, sure. And I, I don't think anyone in the, I don't think anyone in this is going to care either. I'll be honest. So I will, I will share that. Hang on just one second here. Just so, so we can, I don't know. I don't know how much want, we want to get into it, but I definitely, I just want to look at a few of the picks in relation. So here's what I was comparing to. We did a startup here with, uh, the CKC chat and, uh, from trade addicts and our startup had rookie picks and Debbie picks in the startup. So you would actually pick the slot, not the mm. player. Okay. Yeah. So now when we're, when you're saying, you know, okay, the Debbie pick one Oh one went in this spot and you know, the rookie pick one Oh one went in this spot. Now I'm going to look at yours and go, okay, well the first rookie went actually at this spot, you know? And so again, here's the name versus the pick value. Right. And obviously there's a little strategy difference here. Um, you know, and ours isn't quite as deep. We had 36 Debbie players in this one. So it's it's obviously not nearly as deep. Uh, but again, it's very interesting once you start putting the names to it, where they start going and uh, actually how much they move up or, or down in some cases, but mostly up is what it looked to be. Um, yeah. So I believe yours is a super flex and a tight end premium. Is that correct? It is. 
It is. Okay. Yeah. So it's Superflex uh, half point PPR and then half point extra for tight ends, which I think is a good. I think it's a good mix that gives it full PPR for tight ends. But I mean, I'll, I'll kind of quickly run through mine. You can see it on the yep. screen here. But I, I went. I got the seventh pick, and we. It was actually kind of cool. We did a uh, random lottery to like pick your pick, and then it was a snake draft for two rounds, and so you got to pick whether you picked on the college or the NFL side. So like you could pick, well, the third pick on the college is available. I'll take that. But then your second round pick was you know much later. So I ended up going in the middle of both because I don't have a clue what I'm doing in this league. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to get stuck on a run. Like just give me in the middle. There was third round reversal too, which was interesting. So it just a whole bunch of fun stuff. This is a, a terrific league. But so I got the seventh overall pick and I'm a Bengals fan, un- unabashedly so, right? It, Homer pick. It's in every podcast, my Bengals here. So I get to the seventh pick and Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow are both on the board and it's super flex, but I had to go Jamar Chase. Like that guy is just, he's too generational for me. It's start three run, a three receiver, two running back and two flex. So again, with three receiver as a start, I'm like, I kind of want to go chase there. There could be some positional scarcity at some point. Second round, I went with Tyree Kill. Again, just loading up, just taking the value as it comes to me. I uh, went with Stafford as my QB one. Uh, there were a couple of trades that we made during this, but I got Stafford and Tua as my QBs. And then, like I said, Dalvin Cook as my RB1. Pat Fryermuth as oh, I think, is a stud, young tight end. I think he's going to have a long career as my tight end there in the fifth round. Uh, traded away my sixth, but then I got Cam Akers as my RB2 in the seventh, which, again, astounding to me. Mike Evans in the eighth. I can't believe he's still there in the eighth. Michael Carter in the ninth. David Bell, who just ran a slow 40 for someone who's faster than I'll ever run in my lifetime, uh, in the tenth round. Jared Goff, who everybody's down on, but not a bad QB3. And then Devin Singletary and DJ Chark kind of rounding out the current picks. And that's where we are right now. Was Chase the first uh, non-QB? No, Cup actually went 103 to our buddy Nate Polvote, who I thought that was an interesting pick to me. I'll be honest. I, I We all were a little, I wouldn't say shocked, but we're, a little, we're commenting on it like, ooh, Cup, third overall, you know, and ahead of, of guys. We like, consensusly disagreed with that pick, uh, but also we remembered, we gave him a little credit that we don't know what his college roster looks like because this is maybe the oldest startup roster I've ever seen. And there's literally no quarterbacks for, you know, a super flex. Now, maybe he, he his first three picks in, in the college side were quarterbacks. And so he's like, hey, I'm going to hang in for a year and then I'll get one of these guys next year, you know. So I don't know what his college side looks like in all fairness. Pull that up. Um, but, yeah, his he's, you know, that's, wow. Cup, Eckler, Kelsey, your first three well, I mean, in a few years, those guys could be completely irrelevant. I, mean, I think that's a good talking point, though, because <laughs> if you're going to go that old, then I'm not sure you can wait on quarterback. Like, you have to have starting that's quarterbacks because we were talking about. you've yeah. got a handful of players who might be worth nothing next year or a, a third round pick next year. Declining, yeah. If, right. So, this is like, I love. Eckler, Cup, and Kelsey on a win now team, but I don't know how you can be win now if you don't have a quarterback. Well, yeah, so just hard, for clarity, right? so, so I feel like this is worth adding. You know, Nate's a friend. Let's be careful here. So yeah, uh, no, of course <laughs> we want to be fair with, no, with just, uh, his his first round pick was Zachary Evans, running back at a TCU in the college like side. Zach. Second okay. round pick was Spencer Rattler, QB at Oklahoma. He, he didn't take another QB until the fifth round. It looks like, which was Phil Jerkovic at a Boston College, Ooh. and then. Okay. Seventh round, Ty Thompson out of Oklahoma or Oregon. I'm sorry, Oklahoma, no, Oregon. And then ninth round, Haynes King out of AM. So he did go kind of QB heavy in the college side. And I think the the logic that I would look at there is I wouldn't say any of those are studs, but that's a lot of options, right? It's like a one of these guys is probably gonna hit. 
one of these guys might be able to come back and be a QB. So I'll be able to take cup and go, okay, his, uh, and again, maybe I'm reading some of Yep, I think I'm reading some because the third round reversal is getting me. So I apologize. He's actually got DJ Ugalele from Clemson, not Derek. Yep. That's, that's much better. And then I'm reading, cause this is a Google sheet. So it's a little tricky for me, but, um, yeah, that's that's really his only other QB then. So he's got Rattler and Ugalele, which again, that's not terrible, but he doesn't go that much after that. Yeah. I mean, I you know, he's obviously gonna go try it. Listen, I I just did a similar strategy in mine where I was like, everybody's going young, everybody's going for these picks, and I you know what? I'm looking at this value on these vets. I'm just gonna win now. If I win the first yeah. year or right. even the first two, then I'm playing with house money and I can do my retool, rebuild, whatever, that's fine. So I don't have a problem with that strategy at all, but the fact he took cup at one Oh three, I got Cooper cup at three Oh two. So, you know, you look at that and it's like, uh, also Travis Kelsey, he took at three ten. I took Kelsey at five Oh two. So again, there's, you know, when you're talking about having a top quarterback where he, he probably could have gotten cup with that second or third pick and then still had one of those elite quarterbacks. So well, part to of me, this league, though, is a, part of this league is it's a fun group of guys. Like we're all in this for the fun and the learning and all this. And so it's kind of just like, go get your guy. You know, it's not a high buy in. It's more for learning and for and, and I think right. that has to be said, too. I think well, if you're Jeff having fun, who cares, in there, right? you guys are screwed on the Debbie side. So. Trust me, we, we all know <laughs> yeah. it. We've all said yeah. it like there's no way we're winning a college and side. With the Debbie or Real guys. Like, oh too, my so, God. Yeah. Those three are terrific at knowing who to pick. There are times they pick players I've never heard of. And then they were like high-fiving each other and i'm like right. oh, crap like that's you know I mean, like that's a should write that name down for two years from now but, right exactly but, so the other the only other team that i really wanted to discuss i guess in general and we can even maybe pick on some of those guys too but like jeff did a lot of trading but jeff yeah. sniped me on this i was trying to trade up to the 111 he ended up trading in and getting his start was first round kyler murray and joe burrow Love it. and i'm like well, that's a start right and then yep. his receiver one was higgins and then he got godwin amon ra olave for the osu fan and jeff and Gabriel Davis, that's a solid crew. He's got Gasicki and Hawkinson as his tight ends. Running backs, he's going young. Brees Hall and uh, Alexander Madison, and that's it so far. So, it's again, it, it, looking at the logic, way. yeah, looking at the logic of a Debbie league, like, it makes sense to be light on running back. I get the logic, yep. and it's mm-hmm. like, I wish I would have known this, but it's nice to learn from this. And I think that is a stud team, in my opinion. That is a terrific team. And I'm pissed that he sniped me on Burrow. He, got, he sent the offer right before I did, and, and Christian, his buddy – uh, said, yeah, sure, why not? I'll give it to you uh, before I could really get my trade through to, to Kevin. So, yeah, it's it's all good. I'm not jealous. I'm not upset. But, yeah, that's a terrific team. Yeah, no, no doubt. So I think a couple notable things for me, um, you know, how far Dak fell, the fact that, like, Lance mm. and Field, Fields going over Dak is, like, like Lance have you Fields seen going yeah. the Chicago Bears organization? Like, what? I just, <laughs> no, no. I just don't get it. Uh, that makes, I don't get it. I don't get it. I have no explanation. I can't even wrap my head around it. Um, but your guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, anyway. Um, so veterans tend to fall in startups. We know this, right. Mm-hmm. But once we start putting those rookie names in, and I was trying to correlate a couple of these here. Um, but Spiller and Hall went there in the middle of the sixth round. And in in my startup here at the similar picks. Let's see. Sorry. What well, is that? Six, while you're six, doing that, 605 and 66. Here, I've got it. It's rookie pick 103 went at the same, you know, at the same time. So 
Does that make sense? It probably does. That's one of those that well, I think correlates. Could you have yeah. one of those guys at 103? Yeah, you could. So I, I think that definitely makes sense. Um, the quarterbacks are very interesting where you had, uh, again, the young guys, you know, Zach Wilson going way up there above some of these guys. Um, you know, Malik Willis in there with above Tua, or I'm sorry, above Pickett. You know, uh, that makes sense to me, right? As of right now with the information that we have, um, you know, but then you start looking down the line here a little bit. Some of these wide receivers, uh, they don't, I don't know that they really match up. Okay. Garrett Wilson at 501, for example, Our, you yeah, know, running back two, second I, I, I trust Kevin knows what he's doing with Debbie because that's what he does. So I I'm cool. And then what he does after that with the receiver position, I think it works out fine. But you're telling me you took Garrett Wilson over, you know, uh, I don't just any of these next guys, really, like literally name any of them, um, you know, and then even I think Devontae Adams went 408. So you took Traylon Burks over Devontae Adams like that. Again, that to me, I just I, I've seen Traylon Burks play. I think he's awesome. He's great. Can't wait for him. I'm excited. But over Devonte Adams, like you know, and so you know, Heath. I don't know if you have any thoughts about any yeah. of that. But I, I was very confused by some of this stuff. I think it fits with the idea that until they play a game, rookie picks only gain value. Bingo. And they're just going like we had this little period of time for the last two months or so, maybe three where 2022 was the worst rookie class ever and none of them were ever going to be any good. And all of the first round was going to be offensive linemen and defensive players and maybe they're terrible. Definitely no skill position players. Maybe Malik Willis could go 30th. And then a bunch of wide receivers run four twos and everybody's realizing that Brees Hall and Spiller are awesome. And I think we probably get to April and it just kind of feels like a normal rookie draft. Now we won't know until two or three years from now until sure. the guy, if the guys are any I good agree. or not, maybe they won't be. And I do think running back is exceptionally shallow is what it feels like to me right now. Like there's three good running backs, but I think it's just more evidence that these guys, this, these picks are going to be worth more a month from now than they are right now. And sure. the names, the guy, if, especially if we get Hall landing in a spot where he's got 250 carries waiting for him and Spiller lands somewhere like Arizona where they're going to use him in the passing game, they're going to skyrocket up draft boards. Yeah. 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 And I think yeah. that's the catch. That's the upside, right? That's what you're hoping for is that they land somewhere great. But I mean, you put Spiller on the jets. Mm. Okay. Now what, right now you got Michael Carter and Isaiah Spiller splitting carries. Like that's not what you wanted. Like that's not ideal. Does that hurt his draft capital and fantasy? Well, drafts? maybe then, you know? it, but did Kenneth Walker go where we were hoping Spiller would? And then Walker's right. all of a sudden where Spiller was. Right. The, the whole, we see it every year, right? The Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Jonathan Taylor debate, right? Where, oh. you know, he went in the first round. He needs to go. He was the first running back taken. He's better. Like, no, that no, haunts me careful. Still well, you're not alone on that. There's a lot of people that that haunted, but I'm looking at it more of doing this before the draft. Again, it's interesting seeing the names. I've only ever done the picks, and I, I like exactly what you said, though. I like taking the pick because you're not risking as much with the player. There's a ton of risk, right? We right. don't know That's where for they're sure. Going. Yes, we don't know where these players are going to land yet. So it's like I'm going to take this based on talent alone, and talent sometimes is is tremendous. But if talent doesn't get draft capital or 
a non-talent gets draft capital, you know, kind of like Clyde or even like a Tutu Atwell, right? Like one of those guys like just gets boosted up because, well, someone must have liked him. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want Tutu Atwell on my teams. Like, it, oh, God. Like, you know what I mean? But he was a second round pick. Well, they didn't have any other picks. Like, ugh. so th- there's a whole bunch of context that's missing. So, yeah. So, I mean, Traylon Burks went 404. And in my draft, yeah. Jalen Hurts went 404. But more importantly, at 406 went the actual rookie pick 101. Ah. So you're you're saying here, you're basically saying I am all in on Traylon Burks and I believe he's going to be an absolute stud, you know, versus in my in my side, I could have taken the 101 at that point. I can wait. Now You've I've got, got time to figure combine. It out. I've got free agency. I've got the draft. And then I could say I could trade that for a proven player or, OK, I guess I could still take Traylon Burks if he's really my guy. But at the same time, I think that pick to me has far more value. Oh, yeah. Than that name, because Burks, you're sure. not you're not going to be able to trade that. You're right. not going to be able to trade him for a, a proven player, a proven quarterback, likely, unless, you know, everything breaks the right way. And he's just exploding up the boards, you know, I mean, and it's just it's do highly those, unlikely. So do those picks go for less in the Debbie leagues where you're going to have a bunch of college players, too? Because I, that seems oh, for sure. really cheap to me for the 101 in, in a dynasty startup where you're involving picks 101 is going to go much earlier than that i think so well, it this... depends on the class i think that's kind of what he's saying too like it, it, the yeah. 101 this year is is not a to attack of iloa it is not a uh you know trevor lawrence right there is no like stud quarterback and super flex that's rocketing up the board but i also think that we don't know landing spots so there's some hesitation it lowers the cost right now but i think the the other catch that i think scott is hitting on here is that 404 Traylon Burks could be it could go up a little bit, but I think the 406 101 could go up more. Yes. Right. And that's right. kind of what I think that the Delta or, and, and or really gives the options. Well, true. And that's actually a lot of it different. That's a lot of it, too, is that you could take Traylon Burks with that 101, but you might not want Traylon Burks. You might like, hey, I like a quarterback there and I'm going to take a quarterback. Well, you it, could, I mean? like, it hey, the 101 could be anything, Andrew. I could mean, even be a boat. <laughs> We love that line. So that's, uh, I mean, that's really, you know, the point there. I mean, and actually at that point, the Debbie 104 went at 405 and the Debbie 105 went at 407. So hmm. right in that value spot, it's, this draft could not be any different than your draft, right? And is no. that crazy? We're doing two drafts with similar settings at the very same time of year. And, and it's completely well, different. I want to clarify this for our listeners, right? We're, we're talking about a single draft. This is by no means yeah, ideal. This is by no means commonplace. This is more of like, it's an example to show that your draft, your startup is going to be different than every other startup right. you've ever done. Anything else you'll see online. So I think that's why I always ask for context whenever I get asked a question, because it's like every league is so unique, right? Is this a free league that you joined for nothing and just are messing around? Or is it like a bunch of friends that you're just, you know, screwing each other over and drafting everybody that the other guys want just to mess with them? Like there's all that stuff in a startup, especially where it's just like, man, who who knows? Like this is just for fun. We're having a good time. Like there's no negative. Everybody does what they want to do. I mean, like this is it's mostly just a fun league to try to get people involved in in a deeper Debbie style and a, in a college to campus version with that power five best ball. So it's like, you know, let's just have a good time with this. It's a, it's another podcast, friends of our podcast, you know, just trying to have a good time. That's the whole. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So what I want to do is, is kind of, I want to get some names from Heath to some of his uh, maybe off season here, non-point scoring season, as we call it. 
some values, some buys, sells, whatever. Uh, and I want to start. I want to start us off because we talked about it in your draft, and the same as mine as well. This player went in about the same spot, and his name is DJ Moore. Uh, he went at the four hundred three in my draft. He was the wide receiver nine taken. He was the wide receiver ten. I'm sorry, the wide receiver ten taken in both of our drafts. So he fell into the exact same uh, slot wide receiver wise. But DJ Moore has finished 39th, 16th, 23rd, and 18th his four seasons in the league. He's still 24 years old. There's so much potential. <laughs> but yet this guy, he just can't finish above wide receiver 16 apparently. And he continues to be massively overvalued in my opinion. Uh, I would like to hear from our listeners how many championship teams had DJ Moore on it, honestly, mm. because I just don't think there are very many. Uh, there is something to be said for a wide receiver too, but I'm sorry. He's not winning you weeks. He's not winning you leagues. Uh, I have no interest in drafting him in the fourth round of a startup or as clearly well inside a wide receiver one when he's never finished better than 16. Are you trying um, to get kicked so out of the dynasty industry? Do I am not. No, I, am. I do not. I am. I, I cannot stand. DJ Sacred Moore, Cal, DJ Moore, you know, the, and here's be. the crazy Scott thing is he, care. I, I love DJ Moore coming in. I love him as a rookie. I really do. I like, he's actually a great kid. If you like heard him at all, he's, I love DJ Moore as mm -hmm. a human, as a football player. I really like DJ Moore. He's one of my favorite receivers to watch. Just like Debo. I love me some Debo, right? Uh, I've said that on here many times, but it doesn't mean I'm going to buy into them necessarily. Um, DJ Moore just, it, it makes no sense to me. How, how many years are we going to do, you know, the potential thing? Well, Oh, he, he's only 24. He's been in the league four years, guys. Like, when are we going to get over this? This is the I, year, man. I, oh, he's Devonte Parker. Uh, now I Fifth think breakout. I think I'm like, I, I have him 13th at wide receiver in my most recent, uh, okay. Update. Okay, that's a little. He's dynasty rankings, right? Dynasty rankings. Dynasty rankings. Yeah. So, um, and so I'm maybe a little lower than where he's going. I mean, in these youth drafts. youth plays into that, and so you know right. you have him right. Okay, that I I mean that's reasonable. Listen, ten isn't crazy, but it's it just it doesn't make you're, sense to me. No, you're how many right. times we're gonna do this over and over again? What's the Big Lebowski quote? No, I won't say that one out loud. Yeah, well, you, um, can say you can This this is the one you can say you can anything. Say it. We, we yeah, yeah. It. You're not wrong. You're just an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, but no, I, I think you're right. It the thing is, like you can it's very easy if you're a DJ Moore truther, if you believe he's a top 10 wide receiver, to say, look at how bad his quarterbacks have been. And you're right. Okay. Okay. Um, but I don't see a path to Carolina drastically improving that this year. And so then next year, and you gave him credit. You said he's currently 24 and that's true. I generally use what's the player's age going to be next year, week one, and that's going to be 25. Okay. So okay. Like, like, are you telling me that in a year from now, when he's turning 26, then, because I don't think it's going to be this year that he makes the big leap. What's going to be the, the impetus for that? It's not, there's no, quarterback salvation coming well we don't know yeah. that right like that's the probably other catch not. that what? i agree that there probably is sean watson is possible well this is where i'm saying like to kind of hit on this again i think a lot of the reason for the the uh 
the ceiling talk maybe on DJ Moore is that, well, okay, so they they uh, traded for Darnold. He must be the guy. And then, whoop, okay, he's not the guy, but they're going to get someone else, and then he's going to be the guy. It just feels like there's always, and I hate to say it this way, but there, it feels like there's always an excuse, right? Like there's always like some some out that can give truthers a little bit of, you know, false hope maybe. I don't know if I call myself a DJ Moore truther. I did just trade Rocky Petrella, our uh, third host <laughs> of the Dynasty Junkies. I did just trade him for Hawkinson in a package, right? Where it's like, I, I didn't feel like it was a terrible trade. I was like, I really like Hawkinson. I think he's going to have a better potential mm-hmm. and everything. It's a tight end premium league. So like Hawkinson values a little bit more to me. Um, but he, he, uh, he, he traded, it was DJ Moore plus for Hawkinson in theory. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm rebuilding. It's a, it was a dispersal draft. So I kind of come into this league a little bit, you know, rough and I'm like, well, I think DJ Moore maybe has a potential to hold that value a little bit and, Obviously, I don't plan on starting him. You know, we're it's March. We're not starting anybody. Like it's just a value trade at this point. Like I think I can hold on to that value and maybe do something and before the league and all that. But yeah, it's just it's he he's a tough one for me. He's that's the only share I have in that one league across the fifteen that I'm in. How many do you have, Scott? In your forty leagues or whatever that you're in, you have any? Uh, you know, I do. I do. I yeah. I think pretty average, maybe four or five. Um. But I mean, listen, the touchdowns are killing him. He has 14 lifetime touchdowns and he's at four, exactly four each of the last three years. And if you break down, if you want to look at the uh, Kyle Senra actually broke this down uh, yards per touchdown on average, he should have like 37 touchdowns lifetime. So he's like Julio Jones, basically, right? Where he's just, he's get he gets the targets, he gets the catches, he gets the yard, he does everything, but he just doesn't score the touchdowns. And that, he's just saving that regression know. up. Right. And when it's yeah, right. he's going to have 35 touchdowns one of these seasons. When so the regression just hits. keep buying because that when that hits, not this year? Cooper Cup, baby, <laughs> you know? Oh, that'd be crazy. Yeah. I would love to see well, that. Well, I just had to get that off my chest. So I'm glad we went through that. I feel Breeze, Scott. It. It's okay. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> Keith, I, I'm curious, man. What, uh, who, who have you noticed? Or you said you were talking about your rankings, right? Recently, where, when was the last time you adjusted those? And is there anybody that you know of or feel like you're, you're higher or lower on? You go either direction with this. I'm leaving it wide open for you. Yeah, I just, uh, I try to do that once a month. I just adjusted them okay. last week, so they're okay. relatively Perfect. fresh. Um, I'll start at running back because I think there's one guy I'm definitely lower in the field on i'm lower in redraft and dynasty and it's alvin camara um, first off perfect it, like it seems to me like the fact that the police officers looked at the video of him doing something and then chose to arrest him afterwards implies a little bit higher chance of guilt or suspension than a situation where we're just guessing um maybe not but that's the way i'm leaning Probably. And the problem with that for me is that his only real value to me is for the three or four teams who are actually competing this year. Um, There's no, you should not have him on your roster if you're not trying to win a championship this season. And there's really only three or four teams that have a very good chance this year. And so if, if you're not competing, you should be trading him. And if you are competing, you don't know if you're getting him for, 15 games or 13 games or 11 games. And he's one injury away from just completely falling off of a cliff, which he's pretty much had a a minor injury every year. Well, I mean, he's, he's a risky running back because he's a running back. I I think sometimes we, we forget that this is a, well, true. I was going to get into that next. Like he's a risky running back because he's a running back, but then he's also a 27 year old running back. 
And there is some there is some logic. And I know, Scott, you and I have talked about this because I recently did a trade where I sent Alvin Kamara away because I'm not I'm a rebuilding team entirely. Another league I took over was that same league I was talking about. But it's like I I don't need Alvin Kamara on my team this year. There's no reason for me to have a running back in that league. I just need to be getting draft picks and getting younger. So it was a trade essentially where it was Alvin Kamara and the 212 for Juju and the 108. And I'm like, I, I think there's some value maybe left on the bone there. But at the same time, does it matter? You know what I mean? Like I'm getting a rookie pick. I'm getting Juju, who I think could still have value. So for me, it felt like a good trade. But to kind of hit on it again, I mean, there is a there is a world. There is a non-zero chance that Alvin Kamara plays zero games this year. Right. Like We don't know that yet. There are some some hearings that still need to happen and all that. I'm not saying it's 100 percent chance. I'm saying it's non-zero. There's a difference there. Um, and I think, too, if you're if you're having if you are a, like he said it perfectly, if you're a contending team, why not hold on? Right. If you if you have the chance to to ride it into the sunset and this be your winning year in fantasy, like, yeah, maybe you hold Alvin Kamara just to see how it goes, because if you're selling him now, you're only selling him to another contender and that might help that might hurt. I mean, there's a whole nother, you know, game within a game within a game in that point where it's like, do I trade this player who could be a beast to another contending team who could then beat me? You know what I mean? Like, maybe I hold on and see what I can get. Um, but yeah, I mean, also now as we talk about this all the time too, Scott, right now is sell running backs. Right. Like now, why do I want a running back in March? Like there's a whole bunch of things that still have to happen. There's a whole bunch of draft and free agency. None of that has even happened yet. Right. We just had the underwear Olympics kick off when we're recording this. Like once free agency and the draft is all settled down in May and June and we start getting into our rookie drafts, we have a ton more info. Honestly, Alvin Kamara could be traded by then. We have no idea. And I would love to look back on this after he gets traded for Barkley or some crazy trade happens and I can come back and be like, I called it. Um, but that's an option too, right? Kamara is a really interesting before. I know you, well, that Robert Woods thing, right? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Well, Oof. that's yeah. One of many. Yeah. We're not, I know, but right. we're not going into that's negative. We're okay, not doing no. that one. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just not saying much. like, I'm just saying like there are some, there are some talks and some logic to being like, get rid of running backs right now and buy them in August. Right? I do. I agree with the that. Theory. I, you and Rocky today, we actually talked about this throughout the day and uh, you're both right. You, you win, you get the W I just my only my only thing I will concede, but I just will say this: I have a really hard time selling players at their at their lowest point. Hmm. So to me, I don't I already don't have a lot of running backs as it is. You know, certainly not the high end ones. Um, and so to me, to sell him right now, why? What am I getting for? I, I do, well, and that's the thing. I I think that's a good point. And I think it's kind of like the DeAndre Hopkins discussion right now as well. Oh yeah. Like it might be better to wait and have him play two good games and then sell him. Right. But right. Also yeah, there's a risk. If, I get if it. you've held on to a running back past their age 26 season, you're just perpetually going to be selling lower and lower every year. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> like there is a, I, that's not totally true because there's a chance that he gets off to a great start this year and a contender has an injury and you get a boatload for him. But that's a really risky game to play. It is. Well, and that's kind of where I was going to ask even like you have to, this is all about predicting the market on it then, right? You have to say, I don't want to sell him low. What if this is his highest value for the next three years, right? Well, I mean, well, I'm not, and it's the what if of all of this, right? That's the whole game that we play is trying to predict. As a rebuilder, you're playing those odds and you're saying, yeah, I'm going to take what I get for him now. And, and that's, I do agree with that. You convinced me that that does make sense. Um, but if I'm competing, I'm going to hang, I'm going to hang in there. Yeah. And honestly, I might throw out a few offers. Yeah. I might throw out a few offers because if I've I'm done that. I've done that already in if, leagues where I know I'm contending. Yeah. 
what have we been talking about here is basically what three running backs coming in. So if we're talking, you know, a 112, you know, 111, somebody says, Hey, I'll get out. I don't want to deal with all this drama and, you know, see what happens. And he's old. Do I maybe throw a late first to have a potentially top 12 running back? To- I, I'd, well, I'd give up 10, 11 or 12 for sure. For, I, I would I sent, I sent I'd have a hard time with seven, eight, nine. I sent okay. Well, eight, nine, okay. ten. Right? I don't know. I don't understand. I I, uh, I sent one eleven in my home one QB league for Alvin Kamara, and I got rejected with no counter within thirty minutes. Yeah, I'm I'm, right? I'm and, sure it does. And that I'm team sure is a con- that team is a rebuilder, not a contender. So my logic uh, is, it's a home league though, which I think adds a little flavor to it. Where sometimes you know, sure, people know that I. I mean, you know what I find really helps in those situations. Don't want to trade with me. If you could just get on the phone with them and condescendingly explain to them that they are a bad team and they should be doing a bad job. Team. Didn't you hear my yeah, podcast? Then, they right. will, then they're, they're generally much more open to your offers after that. No, what I'm saying is <laughs> I have to overpay for everything in that league because they yeah. all know that I'm doing stuff. And I think we're all in no, leagues no. like that where it's like, yeah, I, I can't get an even trade. You know what I mean? I think that's an even trade that works in most leagues, but where people know that I'm producing fantasy content and I pay attention to dynasty. I don't have any kids and I get to just do this all year. You know, the, the guy that I'm trading with has his uh, first kid is uh, just turned a year and has a second on the way. And so he doesn't have time to focus. So I'm sure he saw that in his emails. Like, I'm not even like, nope, not even just a decline. I don't trust it, you know. But again, to get back to the point, I agree with you. Heath. I think 10, 11, 12, I'm easily sending if I can get it. 7, 8, 9, it depends. In one QB, I might do 7, 8, 9. It kind of depends on how oh, my yeah. team's looking. Yeah. Depends on what other picks I have. Depends on how young my team is, right? But I think a single first isn't bad. And like I said, getting the 108 and Juju felt like a pretty good value for me. So that's right in that wheelhouse. I mean, you know, you're mitigating risk in that point. And that's all it's about. The pick is going to go up in value, like we said before. Sure, sure. Heath, you got a, do you have a guy on the other end of the spectrum here that you're maybe higher on? I'll stick with the old dudes. It's always fun to be higher on the old dudes. Um, like. <laughs> You guys just said that Devontae Adams went in the fourth round of a startup draft. Yeah. Devontae Adams is still my number three wide receiver in Dynasty. Yep. Yeah. So, like, I'll take Chase and Jefferson over him, but there's not any other wide receivers I'm taking over Adams. I still think he's the most likely guy over the next two seasons to be a top two wide receiver and maybe the number one wide receiver. And so I don't really believe Rodgers or he is going anywhere. And um, it's the nice thing is he's – like in our startups, he went in the second round, but that didn't include any rookies and it wasn't super flex. So that's a little bit different, okay. but round four, even with those other caveats, I, I love Adam, sir. Well, he was wide receiver 14 off the board in this draft and was the the first receiver on this person's team after going Taylor, Javante, Christian McCaffrey. That's so wild. you guys are playing that's for 2023. <laughs> well, league. I'm just saying, like, what a monster <laughs> like start that, that, guy that team wins. is, right? Yeah. yeah. He, he, McCaffrey's your RB3. That doesn't suck. You know what I mean? Yeah, Say what you want about how risky he is. A, that's exactly where you want him. And Javante, who is the, you know, the second coming of Christ right behind John Taylor. I mean, like, everybody's loving Javante. And so he ended up getting the stack with uh, Aaron Rodgers, as long as we know right now, as far as we know right now. So his uh, that guy's team is Adams, Mooney, and Sutton as his three receivers. But he's got Rodgers, Cousins, and Mayfield as his quarterbacks. Not bad. I mean, like that I, team I would, is set to yeah. win. You know what I mean? I'm with you. Like that is a win now team if I've ever seen one. So, I would 100% be talking trash in the chat, saying, "Is anybody else trying to win this year?" 
<laughs> how did you guys let me get this? Like, seriously, you, he starts off with those four players and ends up with Rodgers and Cousins as his quarterback in a super flex league. Yeah, yeah. that's why that's, he doesn't even need to start a tight end each week. Well, I don't know who it tight is. End is Knox. Yeah, his tight he end is Knox, Knox, which isn't bad. Yeah, well, it's gonna suck when they sign Gronk, but besides well, that, that's the thing right now. That's a terrific <laughs> team. Like, holy smokes, that's a good team. You yeah. can take There's Gronk it. in round 15, he'll be set. That's not, so he did go 312 in mine, which was after the first three W picks, uh, but before any rookie picks. But We're still, Adams, right? the 312 for Adams is, yeah, again, I, it's just, you know, it was third round reversal. So I don't think the 312, yeah, uh, 340. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. 312 regardless, minus three W picks. So essentially the 33rd player taken. Uh, and yeah, that, that just seems crazy when you talk about it. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, startups is that's going to differ certainly. Uh, but now if you're going to make a trade for him, do you think you can buy him for this startup value that we're talking? Cause I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think anybody's selling him for that. Now, maybe if you took over a rebuilding team and he's your only piece and you're maybe, you know, again, we're back to the Camara conversation. Let's get some youth and some picks, but Man, he's what twenty nine. I'm not sure you can buy him for that cost, right? But I think you can buy him for. You can definitely buy him for less than wide receiver three. You oh, can pretty yeah. easily buy him for wide receiver seven or eight. Um, sure. So yeah, it's somewhere in the middle, probably. Okay, well, it's a little foreshadowing maybe for our uh, find me a trade segment. So right, I was actually I was I wanted to add this with Adams. I think a lot of this comes, especially in a startup, and this is again where the difference is in startup versus trading. In a startup, your mindset is building your team for the next ten years, even though that never happens, right? Like everybody is like, exactly. I want to make sure that my team is locked in. In a startup, it's I'm building it from scratch. I have everybody to pick from. In a trade, that's not the same. In a trade, you already have a team that is either win now or not. And right. you're trying to take those assets and make it better. And there's incremental value adds that you can do to your team. So I don't think in a, in a trade, in a league that's already going, someone has Adams and they paid a higher price than that to get him. And that sunk cost fallacy occurs to all humans. And so it's like, he was my first round pick. I'm not trading him for less than that, even though that was three years ago. You know what right. I mean? Like that, that kind of happens in a trade, but in a startup, it's very different. So the only thing I would say to this is I think it actually helps in startup trade talks as in if you're in the third round of your of your startup league and you're trading picks and you're trying to figure out do i trade up do i trade back i think this is a prime case all of this discussion really trade back right like there is a ton of value there are a ton of people reaching for players and again we're just talking about specific leagues this isn't adp this isn't a broad strokes thing but there is a lot of value to be had later and i think we all want to trade back and so finding someone willing to trade up can be tricky so again it depends on the league and all that but if you can get Adams as the 14th receiver in the fourth round of your startup, and you'll be happy with that. I know Heath would love it as wide receiver three, and I don't think you're alone on that, Heath. I, don't, I really don't. I think there's a lot of people that still value him as a top five dynasty receiver, and it's just his his startup value is because of the question marks is falling. That's all it is. No doubt, no doubt. Heath, we want to respect your time, and we're coming up on an hour here, which is pretty pretty much the halfway point for us. <laughs> but uh, no, seriously, um, it, any anybody else you want to throw in here at the end before we uh, get you out of here? Um, I don't know. Like, I'd like to throw a tight end in there, but I do think, um, I'll just real quick, a, a cheap, young tight end, Cole Komet, 
Um, I like you mentioned the Muth earlier, and everybody loves him, but I I don't think there's much difference between those two at all. And I might actually prefer Komet a little bit. And he's just at cost dirt, for um, sure. Dirt yeah. cheap. Yep. Awesome. So go get him and hold him for the summer and, and see if maybe this fall it's Justin Fields that's holding him. I love it. Yeah, for Great sure. Choice. I love it. That is man, Heath is such a pro. He knows exactly how to go out. I mean, that's nobody's disagreeing with you right now. Like it's just just man. boom. Easy money. Can't love can't it. do any better than that. Yeah. Um, I've been I've been married for a long time. I know how to end the conversation in a peaceful way. <laughs> that's no no more debate, no more questions. I agree with you. Yes. 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 Can we go to bed now? Yeah. Like, are we done? Jeez. Yeah. Guys, check out Heath Cummings on CBS at Heath Cummings SR on Twitter at Heath's Meet on Instagram. Go follow that just for just for the name. I mean, that is just that is just beautiful. And then make sure to bring it up in every conversation when your friends come over <laughs> with your wife. Make sure you know. Did you check out Heath's Meet tonight? I mean, that's amazing. You know. Well, I'm the only lose. question I. I only, I only wanted to ask one more. Andrew, is I know you're big on untapped. I'm big on untapped as well. I know you've got a ton more beers than me, but what is your number one go-to beer? We talked about your meat, but what's your number one like beer to have while you're standing by the, the grill? Like just before that, we get you out of here. That changes a lot. Um, I'll, I'll give yeah. two because there's one for grilling. There's one for smoking because smoking, Ooh. you might be there for 12 hours and you can't drink the same kind of beer that you drink when you're grilling. So, uh, so for grilling, I will go with um, Cigar City, Florida Man. It's Ooh. a double IPA and I am a Florida man. So there you go um, <laughs> for smoking the all day day drinking. There's a new, I don't know if you've had the all day IPA from yes. founders. Founders. Yep. They now have an all day haze. Mm. Holy mm. cow. It's a hazy IPA. It's like four, four and a half percent. And you can just, I used to, I used to think they were kind of ripoffs. This, the session IPAs because you're paying the same price and you don't get as much alcohol. But now I'm old and I like to spend 12 hours day drinking. So the low, low percentage beers are good. Preach. No, that's awesome. Drink, that's good advice. Harder, not harder. For all the junkies out there that are addicted to something, we've given you plenty of options tonight to get addicted <laughs> to things. So this is terrific. I like it. Meat, beer, Davi. Hey, we, we've got what it all. Heath, thank you so much. We really appreciate you, my man. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Thanks, Heath. Take care. All right. Well, that I would say, uh, I was going to say now for the main event, but really, how do you follow Heath's meat? I mean, you whew, can't, man. Uh, that was what, awesome. a, what a great, what a great guy though. Uh, really enjoyed talking to him before the show too. So, yeah. um, cool. Well, let's get me into the old find me a trade here. Uh, we have our buddy, Nick Aiken at Nick Aiken, uh, on the Twitter machine. It's a sleeper league. 12 team super flex half PPR with the half point premium for the tight end. So half PPR full point for tight ends. We're starting nine quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, tight end, uh, a couple flex spots. Although one's a wide receiver tight end flex spot, which yeah. is interesting. And then a super flex 17 bench, five taxi. So again, uh, 12 team, but start nine and 17 bench. So it's a little, it's a little shallower. Um, this, this is the second year of the league and it's, you know, I don't know about you, Andrew. I had a little bit of a tough time because 
sometimes this looks like most of my typical second year leagues where you have a lot of teams that went young and they have all the picks and they have all the young players and they're not trading you for your old guy, you know, and then you have the other teams that are in the same boat as you. And so are you going to try to swap around players? You know, I don't know. So uh, I did have a tough time uh, figuring that one out, but I'll, let's read what Nick said. And then, um, and then yeah, I've got the league ready to pull up whenever you're done. Yep. Okay. So <clears throat> he won the year, uh, year one. So that's, that's great. Come right in. Now you're playing with house money. Uh, you get that win. Um, but he does have a pretty old roster. So um, obviously he wants to repeat, wants to go for two in a row. He says, my depth at running back is questionable, and with little draft capital in the next two drafts, I might need to look at shifting from some older players to keep my window open. I'm a Rams fan, so it would be tough to move on from the Stafford Cup stack, uh, even if he knows uh, Cooper Cup is quite the sell right now. And so, yeah, we we definitely agree there. Um, Andrew, if you want to go through the roster, and then you can jump right into your trade. Perfect. All right. Yeah. So I'll start off here. It is a super flex, but it is start nine, like you said. So it's it's a when you're super flex and start nine, you only have to start seven non quarterbacks. I mean, like you, you kind of, you know, you're looking at studs if you can everywhere. So I, I like this team a lot. I definitely see why he won his quarterbacks to start with here. He's got Justin Herbert and Matt Stafford. Not bad at all. Uh, running backs. You got Kristen McCaffrey, David Montgomery as you're starting two running backs. Again, not bad at all. McCaffrey had a rough year, so I'm impressed that he could win with that. But again, Montgomery had a terrific year, so it probably helped out. Receivers, he's got Hill and Cup. Again, two of the top five dynasty assets and receivers, solid. And then, oh yeah, Devontae Adams and Brandon Cooks. Again, just a solid wide receiver room. I mean, there's plenty of plenty of depth there. Uh, tight end at the starter spot, at least for now, is Tyler Higby. If we go down to the bench, you've got Marcus Mariota and Tyler Huntley. All right, so we might have a little shallow QB options there. Next on running backs, you got the uh, one and only Cordero Patterson. Obviously, that helped him win, too, I think. That was one of those picks yeah. that probably wasn't anything yep. but showed up and helped dominate in the weeks that McCaffrey Absolutely. was Absolutely. Um, then he's got Mostert and Wilson on the RBs for uh, San Fran, which, again, I'm sure one of those guys started here and there, but not mostly like <laughs> Mostert. Uh, he's got Hines and Gore and Funk as kind of rounding out his running back room. I mean, Derek Gore, not Frank, let's be clear. He doesn't have the ageless wonder. Um, but again, it kind of drops off a cliff there at running back. Yeah. Receiver, he's got Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, Corey Davis, Olamide Zacchaeus, Ashton Doolin, Westbrook Akine. So again, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry on the bench, that's not bad. That is not a bad yeah, but receiver room. Thomas Landry and Davis basically didn't play last year. I mean, <laughs> All three of them were out, and he still somehow got a win. I love this. This is a great team. Uh, tight ends after Higby, we, we mentioned before, he's got uh, Jonu Smith, who is supposed to be good, and uh, John Bates, who might be good. And then on the taxi squad, you got a couple guys here, Brevin Jordan, Kylan Hill, and, and is this, it doesn't even, Austin Watkins. I didn't even, like, I don't even remember an Austin Watkins. <laughs> Had to look that one up. And then again, to kind of hit on the draft picks, he's got a 2022 second and third and a fourth and a fourth and a fourth and a fourth. Like, I don't know what you're going to do with all those fourths yeah, in 2022. Taxi but squad, hopefully, I guess. That or packaging them and get to a third or a packaging. You know, we'll talk about some of that. Definitely. And then in definitely. 24, 23, he's got nothing, nothing in 23. And then 24, his full four. So, again, interesting. It's an interesting roster. It's an interesting roster. It it's is. definitely top. It is. Yeah. So I'm looking at this and my first thought, looking at the receivers and, and how that room is just stacked. I'm like, okay, so he can definitely lose a receiver and probably be okay. In my mind, I look at this like Cordero Patterson probably still has some value to the right manager, but 
after that, he's a little light at running back behind McCaffrey and, and Cooks. And I'm or, sorry, uh, Montgomery. He doesn't have a first round pick, so he's probably not going to get one of those other uh, running backs. But I want out from Christian McCaffrey before the wheels fall off all the way. So my trade was to send CMC and Brandon Cooks to a team named Coverway for Trey Lance and the 211. Now, the logic here is a little deeper here. On Sleeper, you can actually see what teams are interested in what players. And I think I want to bring this up just to kind of explain if anyone's not played on Sleeper, this is an interesting little twist that they allow for. It's not loading, but you can actually put uh, players on trade block and you can put interested in players. So you can mark when you're interested in someone else's player, which I think is an interesting idea to do, right? The bonus then is looking at this and logging into the team and saying, okay, well, what do we got? I can go to the full trade menu here. And looking at this, it looks like there was someone that showed interest in, in Coverway. It's not showing it right now, but Coverway showed interest in CMC. I'm like, okay, so if there's anyone to trade CMC to, it's most likely Coverway, right? So that was my thought. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing then is, of course, we want to make sure that we, we look at the, the, the quarterback position, at least in my mind, because he's only got those two quarterbacks. And in Superflex, you're going to need that. It's going to be two. You're not going to you're not going to last. Totally. Huntley and totally Murray. agree. So I think getting Lance is going to be tough. But CMC and Cooks both have value. Lance and 211 to see what kind of receiver you can get there. And then I would also probably send another trade, something like a Devontae Adams for something, which, again, we'll get into. So I felt like this would be a good trade to partner up and kind of pair up with another trade. But Scott, what do you think as the only other person to, to tell me my trade sucks? What do you think about that? Trade? Yeah, no, I like it. I, I like it a lot. Um, I completely, you know, there someday I'm going to have to maybe try to do like my own little study on this. Uh, I don't have anything statistical to back it up, but I will say this time and time again, that you just it's so hard to win super flex championships without two great quarterbacks or at least a good room of quarterbacks it it just it has to be one of the strengths on your team it's very rare that you see teams without that win the championship you know sometimes you see teams that have great quarterbacks and not much else and they somehow got it done but you rarely see a great team without quarterbacks that got it done and well, it's just real just, quick to interrupt on that, the, the thing I'm going to hit on even harder is it's start nine. Two of your nine starters are quarterbacks. It makes even more value even more, sense there. Even if you were starting important. 13, you could maybe get away with a little weakness here and there and find it elsewhere. But in a start nine, when you have two of them, I mean, a lot of the start nine leagues that I'm in are only one QB, right? Where it's like you're trying to find depth elsewhere and QBs and one QB leagues are already kind of who knows what. But when it's start nine and two of them are quarterbacks, you need studs at that. And I like Stafford and Herbert, don't get me wrong, but on a bye week or an injury, your team goes from first to last quick. So I, I would love to get another, like a younger even for Stafford, if he retires in the next year or two or playing that youth angle, Herbert's fine. But that way you get Lance, which I think, I don't know if that that manager would do that, right? Like that's the other catch we come into is like, that's a fair trade according to DLF and everything else. Like, But I'd be willing to add a little more to the CMC side, sweeten the deal. But that guy showed interest in CMC. Maybe he's showing interest to buy low and not to really pay full value. So, I mean, there's sure. a lot of sure. different games. But there's this. some, it's, it's, it's a warm lead, as they say, you know, there's Correct. some sort of interest there. Bingo. Yep. So what was your trade? And then I'll do Rockies at the end. Okay. So I looked at it similar. from this, you know, looking at the team overall, basically he utilized his, his draft capital to get production to win a title. And listen, if you're going to do it, 
you got to win. So I, it's all good. I don't care what trades, what trades he made. Um, it's all worth it won. if you win. You won. <laughs> so that's well, you have it. No like, capital, but you got the title. It doesn't it's, matter. That's right. Exactly. That's right. So now here, here's the issue, though. Trying to repeat. Of course you want to repeat. Who, you know, who doesn't? Um, basically, I think he punted the tight end position. And there's really no depth. You know, you have two good starters, two great starters at quarterback and running back, but no depth. So what happens when you lose just one of those guys? All, all that has to happen is one guy gets hurt and another guy has a little bit of an off season and you're done. You're not going to, you're not going to win. So it takes a certain amount of luck to get that championship. But it, I feel like this team may have gotten a little overachieved just because there were so many young teams looking through these rosters. It's literally like half the league knew they had no shot at winning. So if you have six playoff teams and six teams are out of it, it's pretty much like, okay, you're in the playoffs, so somebody's got to win. It's bipolar. Uh, the league is very bipolar. It's a bunch yeah. of great teams and a bunch of rebuilding teams. There's really not a lot of middle. I agree. Right, right. And so if you have any sort of production, you're going to be in the playoffs. And then once you're in the playoffs, you might as well go for it. So, I, I mean, I, I love the strategy and I love getting it done. So that's that's awesome. I am not knocking that in any way. Uh, I just don't think the team is strong overall, but the strength is the wide receivers. And so if you can move a wide receiver, and this is why I wanted to kind of talk to Heath a little bit more on the Devonte Adams side. And then I brought up more of like, well, we see how late he's going in a startup, but is he still holding that trade value? Because to me, I would go to the team, Johnny Moxon, and I would say I would offer it either way, Hill or Adams. Hill just had a birthday. So, you know, he's one year older. And also he's uh, negotiating a, a contract extension. So that could give him a little value that may be able to trade him. If somebody, you know, if he feels like Adams is the stud, maybe you go with Adams. If he feels like Hill, he'd rather have Hill on his roster, you go with Hill. And I'm going to try to buy a guy that I think could, could give you 80% of that production. And then you get a piece on top. And so I said Hill or Adams for CD Lamb. And then op, your op, your choice of Jimmy G or Daniel Jones, and then throw in Albert O as well. Cause I want to get, I want to move down a tier at wide receiver, but get the youth. I want to add a third quarterback and I want to just get a dart throw throw in at tight end that, it, you know, Noah Fant goes down. Albert O has shown he can do something. Uh, I also don't think that team extends Fant just because they've extended everyone else already. Um, so Alberto might be might be in the spot there to get a couple of, of years. Um, so I, I just again a dart throw tight end. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on him, but it's more about let's move down a tier and fill out your roster with. And I don't really care if the guy's like, hey, Jimmy G is going to go to the Steelers, and I'm not going to trade him. You know. Okay, you know what? Throw in Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones sucks, you know, right? But at least I know he's starting next year. And so for me as my third quarterback, if Stafford gets hurt, if Herbert misses a stretch, I've got somebody to plug in there and get some production. Because if you're looking at your bench, I mean, if if Herbert or Stafford goes down, who are you starting? Naheem Hines? I mean, who are who are you starting? Yeah. Yep. You know, so That's a great point. Um <clears throat> Plus, there is the those three wide receivers on the bench that you mentioned that basically didn't play last year. You have to assume at least a couple of them come back. So that'll help your depth a little bit at wide receiver. So I'm not worried about necessarily, you know, oh, I got to keep hammering those wide receivers. No, you have the strength there. Let's get some youth at wide receiver. 
uh, and then just just you're more rounding out your roster. So these are trades that are not they're not sexy, you know, they're maybe not even fun, but they're giving you those additional pieces to get through this 17 game season, get through all the chaos that happens and be able to be there at the end to give yourself a shot to win that championship. So I, I like this trade a lot and I want to I want to kind of piggyback on what you just said, actually, and that's sometimes you there are definitely a lot of people that play Dynasty that want the best player in the trade and all they do is consolidate and that's their Usually, entire goal. Yeah, I'm not that's getting fair. the best player. Right. That's, that's not a bad idea. I don't I'm not hating on that as a general thesis. I'm saying sometimes you you're probably you're, you're helping your team to go against that every now and then if it's the right deal. And I think this is that kind of trade where it's like I'm downgrading from Adams to Lamb. In my mind, I would like to trade Adams more than Hill because he's a year older. You know, he's a little more, a little bit more, I guess, confusing about where his future is going to be and all that. I sure. think Hill stays. You know, I don't think that they're going to do anything to break up that that trio that they've got there. But I think if you're sending Adams, who is again, some people value as the wide receiver three, right? Like he right. was just saying. So if you can get wide receiver three value for Adams. Why not do that and and add some depth? Because I do, I agree with you. I think this team needs a little bit of depth. Uh, mine was in a similar vein, but yours is even more, it's kind of more broad, but at the same time, it's more of a Band-Aid at QB, right? Like all you're looking for is a one-year rental. Let's just kick that sure. can down the road and sure. figure out where we go. So I don't, and, I don't and mind And either one of those guys could be more. We yep. don't know, but yep. I just, if we're, if the goal is for this year, let's figure out this year and then we'll figure out after that. And I think that's part of what makes this trade kind of like a grinding trade. This is one of those trades that you do to make your team better. That's not flashy that you don't put on Twitter to get results. You don't really boast about it. You don't really talk. You just like you send it, it gets done. No one, you don't really, you brag about, you just like, Hey, I had to do this to make my team better. I lost the best player, right? They're getting Devonte Adams. Oh my gosh. That's what a stud, but I'm, I'm adding some depth I'm bolstering my chance to win another title. And I think that sometimes that work goes unnoticed as it should. And I think that's a perfect trade for that kind of team where you're, you're trying to repeat, well, you got to do some work. I think a lot of times teams that win sit on their laurels and they don't do enough and they just kind of, you know, see what I can do. Let's see if I can run it back with the same squad. That doesn't happen. You have to keep working. You can't sit still. And especially in this league when there's so many, I don't know, up and down type of teams, you know what I mean? It's just, it's all over the place. So yeah, I think that's a terrific trade. All right, let's uh oh and uh in the comments Ridley Truther <laughs> says uh Mills is a good easy trade for quarterback too. And I, yep. I agree with that. He's yep. probably the starter next year. Uh Pep Hamilton sticking around as the OC. He's already familiar, he's already in the system. Uh yeah, I, I agree. If you can get him cheap, um, I just sold a couple of shares because I had more <laughs> more shares of Davis Mills than any other quarterback. Yeah, you so I that. wanted to divest <laughs> a few, but yeah, I'm definitely hanging on to quite a few because hey, he's there, he's there next year, and those quarterbacks are valuable. All right, so I'll get into Rocky's trade, and I think his is it's similar to yours in a way, but I think it also kind of hits on what we're just talking about. It's a it's a splitting up of Devonte Adams. So his was to trade Devonte Adams to Watson's legal team, which I think is, again, great team name. I think that's terrific given the context. Um, but he trades Devontae Adams for Antonio Gibson and Cortland Sutton. So, again, another Denver player. But to add to that running back room, I like that, right? You're, you're downgrading from Adams to Gibson. You're adding Sutton to kind of backfill that position. You've got some players you can drop. I'm not worried about adding that extra spot, even in your trade. I was going to say that, too. Like, I don't mind adding some extra players. All of those are better than Nahi Hines in a sense, or, you know, or he mostered if he's too old and hurt, you could probably trade him for a pick. You don't have a lot of picks unless those fourths actually pay off. 
you know, who knows? But point I'm getting at it, and I'll read some of what Rocky put. He is just like he is on the podcast. He's very verbose in his words. I love that about the man. And again, we can talk about him because he's not here. It's perfect. Um, but he said, I think now is a good time to get out on Adams. as He's still valued very highly despite his age and QB uncertainty. I think this is a way you could do it and get and still contend. Agreed. On the same page. Uh, Rocky said he's still very high on Gibson as a talent. And while he often talks about them not using him enough in the passing game, he does have 78 catches the last two years and had three five-catch games towards the end of the season. Two of those, McKissick was out, but uh, JD is also an unrestricted free agent this year and could be gone. Uh, If he's gone, the sky's the limit on Gibson, especially if they can upgrade a QB. Again, fully agree with all of that. And I think what what Rocky tends to do is he looks at the the upside and saying three five-catch games – that's five free points. You know what I mean? Like that's a, that's huge. If Gibson can keep that kind of pace up. And then he also says, I think Sutton is a great buy right now. His value is super low, but might also get a QB upgrade, which obviously Denver is one of those spots that Rogers could go, you know, that helps everybody. Uh, But even with horrible quarterbacking has had far more boom games than Jerry Judy, which again, we all agree with that. We've seen it. Yep. Uh, And then like you said, getting two assets with room to grow in value, add some depth, get younger and may not lose a ton of points in the process. I agree. Like, the Adams to Gibson comparison point wise, maybe five points a week ish. And again, I'm, I'm estimating, I'm not using stats. It's just like, it feels like that to me. And then Sutton, I think helps with that. And you've got a ton of receivers anyway. Uh, but then for Watson's legal team, it would make some sense too, because he is a contending roster, but it's also pretty weak at receiver after Debo. And he's got cook and Mixon after trading Gibson. Right. So he's still right. got running back depth and it helps him at receiver to kind of consolidate there, which that's what we would most likely recommend for that team is exactly. you know, keep your running backs, add some receiver, but trade some of your depth. So, at, and he finishes with Adams is miles better than anyone else he could get at wide receiver too. I completely agree. So again, I think Rocky hit this on the head and it kind of piggybacks on a lot of what we said this whole episode is that Adams is going undervalued. He's going later in startups. He's, he's getting some disrespect. There's some QB uncertainty, some future uncertainty. We don't know if he's on the Packers next year. I think there are some people that take that uncertainty and run with it in the positive and say, oh, he's definitely coming back. I'm going to buy low. And sending Gibson, who had some injury history, and he's on a team that's, you know, maybe not sure where they're going as a, as a team. And I don't like the commander's name. Who knows? I mean, there's a whole bunch of reasons why you might not like Gibson, right? So I thought that was a that was a solid trade. What did you think about that one, though? What do you think about Rockies? Yeah, I mean, it's it's along the same lines of mine as let's let's mm-hmm. move down a tier and let's get somebody else. To me, I, you know, I, I'm a Cortland Sutton guy. Um I think there's maybe a little bit too much risk there, except for the fact, like just on the trade on its own. But then when you factor in the roster and you see all the other wide receivers he has, that is a worthwhile trade to make, right? Because you could take that risk. Sutton could just fit in your wide receiver room somewhere. He doesn't have to necessarily even be a starter right away. Um, You know, and if he hits, obviously you, you won, right? So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely like that. And and it fits perfectly with the overall theme of our show today, which is essentially when everyone's talking about rookie picks and everything's so crazy with all these rookies and rookie value and all these. Remember, the rookie picks are at their highest value. That means the veterans are at their lowest value. So when you're trying to win right now, or even if you're trying to gain some value on your roster, don't don't forget to look at those vets. Look at where they're going in startups. Use that in your trade negotiations and get those players that actually produce. Everybody wants the shiny new object. Everybody wants the rookies. I get it. I do too. I love it. But I also would prefer production and championships. So well, let's, this is let's the make perfect, some sense. 
This is the perfect week to start trading away rookie picks if you're contending. And I, I don't know if I've said this specifically. I had it in a conversation on Twitter at some point last week where I said, you know, somebody was asking me about a trade last week and it involved rookie picks. And I was like, just hold a week. Like, what do you, what do you need it now for? Like in a week, all these rookies will start making a ton of splash and the underwear Olympics will be kicking off and everybody will start talking about Traylon Burks and all these names. And like we just said, once you start putting names to the picks, it becomes a different game. Right. Um, I always tell people too, like, Almost every time people ask me, and we've talked about it on here, why now? Why am I making this trade today? Well, that Alvin Kamara trade we talked about, I feel like he's got a hearing coming up. There's a chance that could go south or he gets back in the news at all. And maybe that just brings people, reminds them of the fact that he's not doing, I mean, who knows, right? So the other catch then is at this point, why not wait until you're on the on the clock if you're just trading away a rookie pick? Like the, the value is going to increase as we get closer and closer to the draft. And then once you make the pick, it drops dramatically, as my uh, younger sibling would say. There's this weird crash that happens as soon as the pick is made, because as soon as it becomes a player, it's no longer a boat, right? Like it's no longer, it could be a boat. Like it's that, nope, there's no upside anymore. It's locked in. So I think there's a lot of times where we see players and, and picks and everything where, you know, you can make a trade that you wouldn't be able to make today. You could make that exact trade in a month or two, whenever you're on the clock in your rookie draft and feel like a big winner then and a big loser now. So like, let's just hold tight. Hold the value where you can. If, and I know you like to do this, Scott, with your portfolio trading. If you see a descending asset, trade them. Rookie picks are not descending. So the only way I would send a rookie pick, and not, I shouldn't say only, but in most cases, I would send rookie picks if I feel like I'm getting someone else, a player or another pick or a 23 pick or some sort of thing that's accruing at the same rate or better. I'm not going to send an ascending asset for a descending asset ironically, every trade I try to make is the opposite, which means someone out there is accepting that trade. So I'm hoping they don't listen to this podcast and listen to my logic, right? So those of you that are listening still at an hour 20 something, you know, if you're still paying attention, if you're still a junkie, this is where we can help you is those little things just hold. I know it's fun. Rookie fever is great. Don't go trading for rookie picks unless you feel like you're getting rid of a descending asset. And Devante Adams to me is a declining asset, maybe not quickly, but it's still like, like Rocky said, you're trading one declining asset for two ascending ones that gives you a better chance to boost your value. That's the goal. That's all we look for in March. Don't worry about your lineups. Just worry about value. Exactly. We can say it every week, Scott. <laughs> That's, I mean, true. and we will, and we will, <laughs> I know. Uh, you know, we will continue to say it because it's true and it's important. And I mean, that's what we do. That's what we live. So that's what we're going to pass on. Right. Yep. Um, yeah. Hey, I mean, you know, I haven't said this in a while, but uh, it's the end of our show sheet. So that's the end of our show. There hey. you go. Um, all right. Well, with that, uh, the amazing Keith Cummings. Uh, can't thank him enough. That was awesome. Follow him at Keith Cummings SR on Twitter. Um, check him out on CBS. He's literally on your TV screens, you know, four months, five months out of the year uh, at minimum. So, Amazing dude. Um, let's see. Rocky is <laughs> at shit. I forget already. At Dynasty FF Addict. Dynasty on FF Addict. Got it. <laughs> at Andrew Hall FF. I'm at Scott Sidlow. Let's see. Subscribe and follow the DAP Network, whether on YouTube, anywhere you're listening. I don't see to me. I don't get the whole YouTube thing because I don't watch podcasts. I'm, I'm I just listen to them. So. I always forget to talk about that, but yeah, you can actually watch us, which you can see my facial expressions. Like when we're like, the 
is he talking about? You know? And so, you know, obviously that's a lot more fun when it's Rocky and I can just kind of, you know, give him shit through my facial expressions. So I think that might be fun for people. Uh, yeah. But anyway, you know, subscribe, rate and review, definitely reach out, send us your FMAT submissions. Um, international peeps that is just so fascinating to me yes. um i struck Love up it. a friendship with a guy uh i'll give him a shout out barney from iceland and i mean we have gotten so much beyond fantasy football just talking about culture and life and just you know how dumb americans are um in general and i you know right and uh but it, it's just so fascinating so international peeps you know, hit us up, give us your story. Like, how did you get into football and how do you follow it? And like, let's, let's talk about that. I just, I just think that's so fascinating. Um, but yeah, so Andrew, um, I just want to, Hey, real quick. I want to just shout out to the homies in the comments. We appreciate all you guys always uh, great, great content for the show. And uh, of course we love you guys chiming in and we'll always try to get to your stuff too when we can. Um, but yeah, with that, Andrew, you want to take us out? Oh, just what I'm so glad we got to talk to Heath. I've, I've listened to him for years and uh, it was great to hear from him. And he's a great mind with a, a lot of comedy to it. And he, he it was great know. that he's he's what we thought he is. Yep. Like he's he exactly what you expect. Is. Like that is yep. so cool. Sometimes you get these people on, you're like, oh, I've watched this guy forever. And then he's a total asshole, you know, or whatever. Right. But uh, yeah. So I just want to say that he thank you for being you, man. Like we appreciate yeah. that. You were awesome. Thank you. Well, and I also like that he's got other hobbies. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Like some of yeah. us just have fantasy. Well, hey, I, I like to I like untapped. I like trying new beers. That's where I, I remember Heath mentioning that on the CBS podcast. So, you know, I got to do a virtual cheers with him on Untapped tonight. So that was nice. It was a you know, kind of a bucket list item. That was great. So yeah, really, really appreciate Heath coming on. And I always say to people too, you know, we, we talked about it. You mentioned it too. Like, find me a trade. If you've got a league that is looking for a trade, you can find that through our link tree at Dynasty Junkies on Twitter. Make sure you follow us on there. Uh, our link tree is linked, obviously, there. And then you can go through that to find the submission form. Uh, we don't always post it because we've got plenty in the hopper. But if you have a league that you really feel like, hey, here's what's going on, I always tell people too, if you want to get bumped to the front of the line, you know, follow, subscribe, rate, review, do all that stuff. Send us a note on DMs on Twitter. And say, hey, I got a league. I got a rookie draft coming up. Like, we'll see what we can do. I, we have a couple of episodes coming up. There's actually one in, I think it's two weeks, right? Where we're going to do a lot more. Uh, just we're going to do us, we're gonna talk pretty about much trades. a full show. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're going to be getting through some of our backlog on some of those. We try to get everybody once before we go back and do some people submit two or three or four, which is fine. But we want to make sure we get everybody a chance. But if you've got any of those, feel free to submit. Other than that, that's just, you know, I love this. I love having time to talk with you, Scott, every week, even though you're 6'5". It's a good time. And uh, with that, with that, junkies out. <laughs>